Good evening, everybody. Welcome back uh, to Exploring the Lord of the Rings. Sorry for my unusual delay. I know I'm often delayed, but tonight was a delay beyond my normal delay. Um, not actually feeling 100% well tonight, but not quite unwell enough to cancel class. I still want to do class, but anyway. Uh, so I think what we're going to do is kind of compromise a little bit, uh, and I'm going to do class as normal, uh, but then probably not the field trip tonight, because uh, I think I should probably uh, not do that. <laughs> That's my compromise. <laughs> so anyway, um, there we are. So, but we can, uh, we can charge on into class, I think. Uh, I won't... Uh, uh, I won't. Uh, I won't delay any further, and we'll jump straight into things. Um, tonight we get to Gandalf's explanations. So there was. Um, uh, we know that Gandalf has. We've been waiting for Gandalf to explain. Well, Galdor of the Havens and we have been waiting for Gandalf to explain um, the provenance of. Uh, uh, the provenance of the uh, of the ring, right? How is it that we know that the halfling's trove is the great ring of long debate? Uh, we were looking last time. I'd, I these last couple sessions have been others which have been, it seems, uh, you know, to me very um, very revelatory. Uh, I have not really fully thought through the. Um, uh, the implications of that we were that we've been discussing through the last couple of weeks, uh, especially about the the way it connects with the nature of the Astari and exactly what the sort of the depth of Saruman's betrayals there. Um, but um, yeah, no, but you know, Mariel, come to think of it, you're quite right to point out that we actually uh, did skip entirely over Galdor's referral to the ring as the great ring of long debate. Uh, we did not even ask the question, what exactly is the debate about? Um, all I can imagine um, is that there was, there must have been debate among the wise, whether or not Galdor counts himself among their number, um, about Sauron's ring, right? It was known, obviously it was known, that he had a great ring, Right, and he was overthrown, and nobody produced the Great Ring, and the Great Ring was not destroyed. They would have Elrond's eyewitness testimony that the Great Ring was not destroyed at the time of the overthrow of Sauron. Um, so, and obviously, there, I mean, so Gandalf refers to the fact that there's debate, right, within the White Council. Um, but, um, uh, I guess that there must have been <laughs> debate for a long time about it. I mean, I'd have to think, I mean, I suppose in theory, right, there could be two different uh, fora for debate, uh, the one before the overthrow of Sauron and one after the overthrow of Sauron. But I don't think that, um, I don't think that there's much idea that there was much debating about the Ring of Power uh, um, 
in the prior to the overthrow of Sauron, less debate about the ring, more, uh, you know, uh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're all going to die. I, I, I mean, that, there was the war, right? That is to say, an Eriador. Uh, and um, I don't think there was much uh, 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 idea of... Like, debate doesn't seem quite right there, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trifle is nominating... The, oh, you're nominating another passage that we uh, skipped over? Fair enough. Fair enough. As usual, um, as usual, we uh, have been too swift, right? Uh, there's just so much of the text we're still leaving uncovered here. Um, but... Um, So I don't think we have very much evidence as to what that long debate should be. It is certainly interesting and curious that he, that is Galdor, should call it the Great Ring of Long Debate. Um, it's one of those things. Um, uh, it's one of those things where we are. Um, yeah, exactly. Whether or not it washed out to the sea. Basically, Sam, what happened to it, essentially? Um, there may well have been, Flamifer, as you suggest, debate about exactly what the ring did and, you know, the, sort of the nature of the ring and what should be done with it if they ever did find it or, or whatever. But my point is, basically, there are two options here, right? One is that that reference that Galdor is making is to something else that we should get. Right, um, that there is uh, uh, there is other evidence from the stories that talk about the debate, and he's referring to one of those things, uh, or not, right? Or he, this is this passage is not a reference to other passages, but rather a short way of inviting us to imagine long debates that have happened for which we have no other evidence anywhere else. Of the two things. I think that um, the former is more uh, the the former is less likely. Honestly, I don't think I, I, apart from Gandalf's explanations of the White Council and that those don't sound like especially long debates. We can imagine that the conversations that Gandalf is describing, like the things that Saruman say, uh, uh, the things that Saruman, the things that Saruman says uh, during the. Um, uh, during the the White Council, as Gandalf quotes him, could, of course, be understood to be the end of the argument, essentially. That there was a long debate uh, leading up to the Council, right? And the White Council was, like, met in part to, you know, settle the question once and for all, essentially. Um, several people are suggesting it could potentially be, of course, like, that debate. You know, the Council's already gone on quite a long time. I, I can't think so, honestly. Um, I don't think they could be referring to that day. First of all, they haven't had any debate at all. There's been no debate of any kind. There's nothing could, that could even be characterized. There's been a lot of storytelling, right? Almost all storytelling, right? Um, and uh, a few questions and answers, right? Uh, but no... A little bit of drama, right? A revelation, at least, but there's been no debate 
of any kind, and certainly not about the ring. Not yet, anyway. Are they going to debate about the ring? Yes. There will be some debate before we get to the end of the council, but it's, it's not even happened yet. So I, I, really, um, I really don't think uh, that there's much chance of that. Again, mostly it's been reporting so far, right? Just people giving reports and saying um, what's been going on. And, and uh, even when action has been requested, like advice has been sought, whether it was from Glowen or whether it was from Boromir, um, we've not even been told, like, they've been put off, essentially, and told that by the end they will understand, right? Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I definitely... Uh, um, and, and, and and I do agree with Marielle. In order for an elf to call a debate long, it probably has to last more than a few hours. And I I, I suppose that that is also true. Um, so um, anyway, I definitely um, I definitely do think that it's not today that they're talking about. Uh, and so therefore, it either is an actual debate that we have evidence of, or a debate which we can infer that we have no evidence of. I think of the of the of those two. I think the latter is the most likely. I think by this we are being led to understand, right, <clears throat> that this has been debated for a long time. This is a way that the text is communicating to us. This has been something that like lots of people have thought about this a lot. That you know most people have not even heard of this. This is three thousand year history we're talking about, right? But. For those who are immortal and were around then and remember it perfectly well, uh, you know that this is a, this is a well-known issue and has been discussed for a long time. Um, so, part of the audience, the minority, uh, one presumes, of the audience at this council is needs explanation. What is this ring of power that we're talking about, and where did it come from? Right. The majority of the for the majority of them, it is going to be something which they. Um, they know about, right, have talked about. Um, this is going to be the culmination of a, a big debate, right, essentially. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's possible, Matt, that Galdor is kind of teasing. Um, yeah, Matt is wondering if this is possibly some uh, tra la la essentially. Um, if he's speaking lightly, uh, and, uh, you know, as, as, you know, Matt points out that Bilbo was asked for a break and didn't get it, uh, could Galdor be laughing along with the hobbits and their sense of how long this is going on? Um, I, I mean, fun, uh, you know, for him to be in some way, uh, jesting or even teasing, uh, the other people in the room seems to me, uh, no bad idea, right? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm perfectly ready uh, to believe that. Um, but um, but I, I, I don't think so. I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel quite right. Um, again, mostly because it seems to me totally inappropriate at this stage. Um, I mean... Galdor is pointing out, like what Galdor is saying, is saying is, look, we haven't even established that this thing is the ring, right? Um, like there hasn't even been any debate. Is kind of like what Galdor is pointing. There's not even anything 
to debate, right? Uh, just stories. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as far as what has happened already so far. So even in jest for him to characterize this as a, as a long debate, I could see him joking about the length of it, especially if he were teasing Bilbo and Frodo in some sense, right? I can, I can get behind that as an idea. Um, but to joke about the length of a debate that hasn't even happened yet, it's possible, but it just, it doesn't feel quite, doesn't feel quite right. Um, uh, so yeah, so I, I'm not convinced by the, idea. I, I, that to me, that seems to me the, I, I would call that the least likely option of the three. Uh, if we want to call that a third option, um, and to me, I think the most likely thing is that Tolkien puts in that reference, Galdor's reference, in order to help us to understand that we've seen this story. We, we as readers, have been coming in alongside Frodo, essentially, right? Bilbo, to some extent, of course, Bilbo in The Hobbit, but Frodo primarily in The Fellowship of the Ring. That is, we sat there with Frodo having stuff explained to us by Gandalf. Frodo didn't have any idea about the Ring of Power. He didn't have any idea about, uh, you know, the whole history of the ring and what it could mean and all this other kind of stuff, right? So Gandalf just explains it all to him uh, from the standpoint at which, you know, in a, from a more advantageous standpoint than he had at any other, you know, so Frodo ha knows more than all the rest of the wise do, right? Because Frodo's coming in at the end of any debate that could have been happening, right? After Gandalf has already learned essentially all the answers as far as what things are uh, and, uh, and to some extent what needs to be done. So, uh, so uh, we with Frodo, we're sitting there having everything explained to us from the beginning. Um, but it's, it's rather a useful uh, thing for us to be reminded of what this whole situation, I mean, the things that are being discussed and uncovered here on this day at the council, what this might sound like to somebody like Galdor, right? One of the elves, a prominent among the elves, you know, the guy who was sent by Círdan from the Havens, so this is no random, you know, wayfaring elf. There's no strange elf wandering through, right? Um, so... Yeah, this is just, uh, uh, this shows us the point of view of an elf who's generally in, doesn't consider himself one of the wise, but is kind of generally in the know. How is he going to address this question? How is he going to think about this? And in his mind, what we find is not somebody who needs to have everything exp you know, explained to him. You know, nobody needs to sit down and say, like Gandalf did to Frodo, in Eregion, right? You know, there were many rings of power made. Um, that's, that's not what Galdor wants, right? We are reminded of what the, honestly, the more normal perspective among the people sitting at the council right? Um, which is, this is the great ring of long debate. We've been, this has been one of the biggest open questions of the third age, clearly, right? Any of the good guys have to have like, so what actually happened to Sauron's ring of power? Where is it now? Right? Has to be one of the top five questions that any of the surviving good guys would have been asking for the last 3000 years. So, it doesn't, it's no wonder to me. Um, uh, now, again, Saruman feels that he has answers to this, and that I would suspect perhaps one could even characterize, in a sense, uh, Gandalf's 
sort of quotation of Saruman and Saruman's answer to this question, um, trying to, as it were, like, finish the debates, you know, for good and all, um, as, a, as a way to respond, even, to Galdor's comment, right? Oh, yeah, debate? The debates were done, right? The debates were over. Um, Saruman, ba- you know, banged the gavel on that particular debate. Um, so... It could even perhaps have that have that that reference there. So, um, yeah, and Tony, you're right. We as readers might take uh, the knowledge of that lore for granted by now, having it all explained in chapter two. Absolutely, absolutely. It is, I think, useful to have a kind of even a brief reference, right? Um, uh, e- even a brief reference to what. Others know, right? We started off knowing way less than Galdor at the beginning, but now we already know more than Galdor. And so to be reminded of where, you know, your average elf in the room is on this whole thing is, um, is useful, I think. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah. So... Cecilia, this is a really good question. I don't want to talk about this right now, but I'm going to read the question so that you guys can all help me remember to answer it when we get there. Um, I don't know that we're going to get there tonight, but we will actually come close. Um, There that I'm referring to is after the reading, or the quotation, essentially, of Isildur's uh, manuscript uh, that Gandalf gives. So we should get close to that today anyway. But Cecilia asks... um, if we're talking about proving this is the ring, why doesn't Gandalf simply have a, a brazier on hand, chuck the ring into it, and show everybody the, the, the fire letters as he did Frodo? Really good, really interesting question. Don't want to answer it right now, but I don't want to forget about it either. Um, and uh, my immediate response, though, Cecilia, that I would say is, I wonder, do you think it could be connected to why nobody will let Bilbo tell the story about what happened to Bilbo at the end when he tried to give up the ring? Um, I wonder. But I'm not really sure. So let's, we'll, we'll see as we, get, uh, as we get closer in here. Um, okay. Hang on a second. Somebody was pointing out uh, another issue. Who was it? Um, darn it, I've lost it. Someone else was nominating another passage that uh, we sort of skimmed over. I was just scrolling back for it, but... I can't find it. Oh! Yeah, trifle. It was you. There we are. Oh yes, um, how we skipped over what Saruman me- meant by his hope will cheat him. Um, yes. Okay, his hope will cheat him. Thank you, trifle. And there you are. You posted it again. Okay, this one. I think we can dispose of this one quickly, comparatively speaking. So, um, Saruman says his hope will cheat him. Uh, that is, he will divert 
So, Sauron believes that the ring is still recoverable, and so he is focusing all of his energy and effort in discovering and recovering the ring. Which, if it were true that the ring had been, uh, you know, sort of taken into custody by the Valar, you know, was being held, um, you know, in a safe deposit box at the bottom of the ocean uh, alongside the Silmaril, um, then um, the hope of Sauron would be in vain, which would mean that all of his energy and attention that he's putting on this is a complete waste, and what he's doing is giving the good guys more time when he could be just stomping on them or something instead. Um, uh, Yeah, so I think that... um, But it still seems a little bit odd in the sense that, like, cheat seems a strong word, right? His hope will cheat him. Um, in the sense that his hope is not going to bear out. Now, it's clearly, if you want to talk Amdir or Estel, which of the kinds of hope uh, is uh, is Saruman referring to here? Amdir, clearly. He, uh, he, he, he hopes. He has, uh, um, has optimistic expectations that he will find the ring. And it is those optimistic expectations which Saruman seems to be saying he believes are going to be cheated, right? Or rather, which will cheat him. Um, but, um, yeah, so I think that he is... Um, but keep in mind, the other thing that Saruman is trying to do at that time is to prevent the good guys from searching, right? One of his goals is to say, searching the Anduin by the Gladden Fields is a waste of time, right? Whatever anyone does, searching the river by the Gladden Fields uh, should not, need not be done. And Sauron is doing it, and in doing it, he is showing himself a fool, right? Um, that hope is cheating him, Um complete waste of time um uh and of course we will be told later on uh, in the appendices that uh this is happening because saruman is himself searching the river anduin by the gladden fields for the river and doesn't want anybody else's search parties uh you know conflicting with his um so um uh yeah 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 um, I Turinbar, that seems like a little much for me. Um, Turinbar says if the Valar have taken the ring out of the hands of Middle Earth, again, uh, you know, following Saruman's line of thinking, there, um, they may take out Saruman in his search for the ring, and thus his hope would cheat him. I see that I can't. I mean, unless he goes scuba diving in the sea and then Olmo decides to imprison him or something. I mean, I. I don't really see it. They've never acted in that way before. I don't even know how that Saruman would seem to... Whereas, again, them taking the ring to themselves and holding a precious thing lost forever, uh, a precious thing which is a source of contention uh, in the depths of the sea, lost forever and unrecoverable to mortals, seems that's... Again, there's precedent for that, an important precedent for that. Um... 
but there's uh, there's the idea that the Vow are gonna somehow use this as a lever to, you know, what kidnap or I don't know what uh, Sauron. Um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Trifle says it's not the idea that I find odd; it's the way that Saruman phrases it that seems weird. Yes, yes, um, and Lilith, thats a good summary. Um, uh, it is possible to read into that something along the lines as Lilith suggests of his hope will cheat him. I know because it cheated me, right? Um, yes, he is. If he expects to find the ring in, uh, you know, in the river by the Gladden fields, he will be disappointed. I know because I was, um, so Tony's suggesting that perhaps the word cheating is a slip. Um, it's possible. It's possible. I'm not sure if I'd go so far as slip, but um, I, because again, it's not. It's not a. It does. It doesn't actively betray anything, um, because his hope will will cheat. He will be cheated of the end that he is. Uh, you know, it, his efforts to recover the ring are going to be cheated. They're not going to be rewarded, right? Um, so in that sense, the word choice makes sense. Can we read those kinds of like hidden meanings in it? Not meanings, not intended meanings by him, but can we read, can we gain some kind of insight into his, uh, pers- per his point of view, right? By, um, you know, what he, what he says and how he says it there. Um, possibly, possibly, um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Turambar, I wonder, um, Turambar says, my issue is that Sauron is only delayed by his search, as we will later learn, he's still gonna win hands down, is the explanation for this, that this wasn't known when Saruman said these words, yes, I, I, I think so, um, this is something that we can watch as we go through the rest of the council, right? But to what extent is it known and believed by the good guys that even if Sauron does not get the ring back, he's going to win, right? Sauron is undefeatable even without the ring, right? Now, we, we know that's going to be stated, right? As, a, as, as an accepted truth later on, right? At what point does this become clear to everybody? Um, because, of course, there was a time not too long ago when the White Council got together and believed that they drove Sauron out of Mirkwood, right? That their combined strength was more than a match for him, right? Now, Gandalf has already said that he thinks that that would that they that they got played there that they were not nearly as you know the white council didn't come out of that nearly as well as it looked like they did right at the time um that that Sauron was pretty much sandbagging it right when he fled uh from uh from Mirkwood but again that wasn't known immediately that's a conclusion that Gandalf has drawn in retrospect right um so, um, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Now, JJ, that's a that's a good way to think about it. JJ says Aragorn's trap in getting him to empty Mordor is based upon his knowledge of how much Sauron wants the ring. He knows Sauron will view his actions as proof that Aragorn has taken it himself, so ultimately Sauron's hope did cheat him to his utter destruction. Um, yes. I mean, that's the other thing, and that's the reason why I'm not really comfortable just calling it a slip, because there is, in fact, wisdom in what Saruman says there. His hope will cheat him. Now, there's irony, of course. The irony... Uh, so, to me, I actually find it even more powerful to read that passage as ironic rather than as revelatory, rather than showing it as revealing Saruman's own thoughts about the ring, which it kind of does, and that kind of works. It's even better, I think, to see, to see the irony there that Saruman also is going to be cheated by this search. He just doesn't realize it yet. He thinks that he's going to win and cheat Sauron of his prize, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, oft evil will doth evil mar, uh, as uh, both Chris and JJ are quoting. Absolutely. Um, now... Tony, I agree that the attacks on Gondor are suggestive, right? Suggestive of Sauron's strength, uh, which perhaps they have been underestimating. Um, uh, yes, yes. Uh, remember the revelation of the Black Captain, right? Of the Witch King on the field, which Boromir says it was like nothing they'd ever experienced before. Um, so we do know that there are... there. Even from Boromir's testimony, we get an idea that Sauron is putting forth his power in ways that were unexpected, but unprecedented, um, by the uh, by the people of Gondor. But do they yet really parse it? Do they really yet understand that? You know, basically, there are, there are th- three options, essentially, right? Uh, either the ring is going to be... Either Sauron is not going to get the ring and no one's going to use it, or the good guys are going to use it against Sauron, or Sauron's going to get the ring back and use it. Right? Those are the three things that could possibly happen. And in two of them, Sauron is definitely going to win. Right? They have no chance of... I mean, everybody knows they have no chance of beating him if he gets the ring of power back. Everyone does accept that. Uh, as... Uh, uh, I mean, Gandalf in Bilbo's parlor was talking about covering the world in a second darkness, right? Uh, if he did that. Um, but he... Um, uh, but does he yet believe that even if the ring is still withheld from Sauron, he's undefeatable, right? Um Yeah, yeah, Chris says, I think the first moment a naive reader will truly appreciate the ultimate fruitlessness of simple military resistance is the moment on Amon Hen, when Frodo becomes aware of the vastness of Sauron's temporal power. Yeah, we, 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 we certainly don't have much access to it before that. What I'm trying to figure is to what, it, when, to, again, Gandalf's going to know this, right? Gandalf is going to talk about this in The Return of the King. Does he know it now? Does, do Gandalf and, and Elrond believe this? Let's let's see, right? We'll, we will see, especially as the rest of the council unfolds here. Um, good. All right. 
Well, thank you for those uh, two passages. Now let's start class. All right. Uh, so you'll remember that um, Gandalf had just spoken of... Uh, so here's me getting all distracted. Uh, of seeking for Gollum, right? Uh, and uh, uh, how he went to the heir of Isildur for help. And I, said Aragorn, counseled that we should hunt for Gollum, too late though it may seem. And since it seemed fit that Isildur's heir should labor to repair Isildur's fault, I went with Gandalf on the long and hopeless search. Then Gandalf told how they had explored the whole length of Wilderland, down even to the mountains of Shadow and the fences of Mordor. There we had rumor of him, and we guessed that he dwelt there long in the dark hills, but we never found him, and at last I despaired. And then, in my despair, I thought again of a test that might make the finding of Gollum unneeded. The ring itself might tell if it were the one. The memory of words at the council came back to me, words of Saruman, half-heeded at the time. I heard them now clearly in my heart. The nine, the seven, and the three, he said, had each their proper gem. Not so the one. It was round and unadorned, as it were one of the lesser rings but its maker set marks upon it that the skilled, maybe, could still see and read. Okay. Um, great. Um, and since it seemed fit that Isildur's heir should labor to repair Isildur's fault, I went with Gandalf on the long and hopeless search. Uh, Chris, are you talking about that line there, that you think that that line forms the basis of Peter Jackson's angst-ridden Aragorn. Um, yeah. Yeah, perhaps so. Um, certainly the idea of Isildur's heir laboring to repair Isildur's fault. Um, I gotta tell you, it doesn't um, explain it to me fully. I mean, yes, like that, that concept is there, right? But of course, whereas in book Aragorn we see resolution, right? I deemed it fit in, in essence, right, that Isildur's heir should labor to repair Isildur's fall. Aragorn in the uh, in the film is uh, like wallowing under a sense of helplessness to possibly escape from the legacy of Isildur's fault, feeling himself doomed inescapably to repeat Isildur's fault, right? Um, uh, and therefore should probably avoid being put into any position that might be almost like the one which led to Isildur's fault, um, and thus quite different uh, from Book Aragorn here. Um, but um, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. There we are. So okay, but I but 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 I do agree. We can see a seed of of some of the of 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 the whole like, you know. The weakness of men runs in my veins, you know, kind of uh, Viggo Mortensen stuff from the films. Um, but um, anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, good. Angrist, excellent point. So we're, we're focusing on this first paragraph first. That's very good. And Angrist points out, notice the little name dropping there, right? The fact that he calls himself a Sildur's heir here um, uh, is interesting, right? Uh, that the, the reference to, he's not just the descendant of Isildur, right? He is the heir of Isildur, uh, implying I am owed the inheritance 
of the line of Isildur. Right? Oh, JJ said that first. Yeah, yeah, great, great. Um, but no, I think that that's. Uh, I think that's important. I think that's really interesting. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting. Okay. I went on Gan- with Gandalf on the long and hopeless search. That's the spirit, Haragorn. Long and hopeless search. Um, now, there you go, Trifle, right? Uh, that is, he had no umdir for this search at all, right? Um, he did not leave with any kind of optimistic expectation of success in the search for Gollum, right? Yeah, let's follow a trail that's years old of somebody who, like, escaped Gandalf's spies who were whatever they were the first time. Again, if, if they are the Wood Elves, who escaped through the net of Wood Elves who were set there to watch for him specifically, right? Um... So he's sneaky enough to do that. But yeah, let's see if we can find a several years old trail. He's got to be somewhere on the continent. So let's go. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so exactly. He, uh, Estelle had no umdir, at least not about this, right? Absolutely not. But of course, as we will see, that's not uncommon. Uh, Estelle and umdir are not continuous companions in this way. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, good. Brandon also does point out that uh, he's going to call it a long and hopeless search in retrospect, right? Um, but, I mean, it doesn't, it eventually doesn't fail. He does find him, right? So, you know, um, he's getting there. But, uh, but it certainly seemed hopeless at the time. Um, I want to pause, um, uh, I want to pause for a second to look at Isildur's fault. Since it seemed fit that Isildur's heir should labor to repair Isildur's fault. Um, Elrond has already said, yes, Isildur kept it as should not have been. Um, And, but he didn't say much about that, right? There was no clear speculation about the um, the nature of his fault, right? Um, I'm, okay, like, obviously, in retrospect, it was a tactical error, right? In retrospect, really, you should have chucked that into the Ring of Fire, right? I mean... Into the, into the cracks of doom, right? Uh, into the mountain of fire. Uh, definitely, in retrospect, that would that would have been the right call. Um, but I think here, by by referring to Isildur's fault, um, he seems to me to be going a step further than Elrond went. Right? Elrond didn't say anything about Isildur. Um, that would lead one to suggest that he was fallen to the power of the ring already, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Gilgonthar, I agree. The movie puts a, a brighter spotlight on this question. I, I don't know that I can agree with a finer focus. Um, I... 
always thought. I mean, from the I remember sitting in the theater the first time seeing the Fellowship of the Ring, thinking that their handling of Elrond and Isildur at the Cracks of Doom was rather crude, uh, mostly because they made, uh, you know, Isildur sound like a Cro-Magnon. No. You know, just like, thank you. I was, and here I was like already, right? I was quoting, I was already forming because I I really enjoyed, you know, like quoting along with the movie the first time I I watched it. It was like, I don't usually get that experience. So that was kind of fun. So I was already, right? I'm like, this I shall keep as wear guild for my father and my brother. And and instead he's just like, no. I'm like, okay, seriously? Um, so anyway, I, again, I, I think that what they did with Isildur was, 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 was really not delicate. But um, nevertheless, they certainly made more of that. Elrond doesn't. Elrond says it should not have been. But he doesn't say, like, already I fear Isildur was falling under the sway of the enemy's ring. I mean, it's, it's, he doesn't suggest that exactly, right? Um, uh and remember, when we had a conversation about this, it was a couple months ago now, but uh, but we had a long conversation about this that I think that people way overstate that. I think the films way overstated that. It's, it was sort of... It was striking. It was probably good from a movie storytelling standpoint. It made for a good film. A lot of the choices they made did work well in this way, right? Seeing as the Lord of the Rings movies were really, really good movies. However... Um, I, when we actually look at it, it's much more complicated than that. Um, but um, anyway, uh, so Isildur's fault. Now it is also possible, trifle, as I think you were, um, uh, you were suggesting that. Oh no! It was Fort Dauntless was suggesting that uh, losing it at uh, the Battle of the Gladden Fields was also um, not a great move in retrospect by Sildor. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so right, Lilith is asking, "What is the fault then? Um, the taking of the ring, the caring for it poorly, losing it." Not studying it, um, yeah, um, I think, <laughs> yes, says <laughs> several people, all of the above. I, 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 perhaps they can say sufficiently that, um, perhaps they can say sufficiently in that, in retrospect not destroying it was clearly wrong. We didn't know that Sauron was coming back. I mean, again, they were standing over Sauron's corpse right then, right? So they thought they had won. They thought it was over. Um, That Sauron's ring was probably nothing more than a curiosity. Nothing more than... I mean, they they had good reason to think that. Um, The idea that it was you know, just like an incredibly frustrating oversight that they didn't chuck the ring in the fire while they were there is to make a lot of assumptions. Sauron is dead, people. His body is lying right there, right? I mean, like, again, Isildur, when he delivered his Weregild line, might have been doing so with one foot propped up on Sauron's dead body. What did they have to worry about, right? What were they afraid of? 
Um, so, I, anyway, um, but now they know better. I, that is, they know that Sauron was not gone for good. And now, in retrospect, knowing that Sauron is A, back, and B, hunting for his ring, in retrospect, you know, pro- probably would have been better to chuck the ring in the fire, right? I certainly think. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, Trifle, I do agree with you um, uh, that... Um, uh, I do, I do agree with you that Sauron died just recently in Numenor, uh, but that didn't stick, so, you know, maybe they should consider that he, uh, that he might come back isn't that much of a stretch. Yes, except, Trifle, do they know that? I mean, look, everyone was busy, right? Uh, you know, Numenor falling into the sea. Um, I mean, Elendil was sort of there, except he wasn't. I mean, he was in a boat at the time, standing off from the coast of Numenor, right? Does he know where Sauron was? Was Sauron on the island? Was Sauron on the ships, right? Did Sauron set off in a different ship and leave? I mean, uh, and I know there's a hundred years in between, Tony, but what is a hundred years among friends or even, of course, among Numenorians? Um, But, um, um, but anyway, you know, so... um, we know, we're told that Sauron was like sitting there in his temple laughing when, when Numenor falls into the sea, right? Um, but even that speculation, right? I mean, who was the eyewitness who brought that tale back, right? The tale of the Akalabeth clearly comes uh, from the survivors of Numenor, and they didn't know. Right? They didn't know what was happening. They did. They, they were equally speculating about what happened with Arpharazon, right? When he got to uh, to to Valinor, um, so you know, uh, more was guessed than was known, <laughs> uh, certainly about any of that stuff. So, um, I so I don't think necessarily that his survival or apparent survival uh, of the downfall of Numenor necessarily gives them proof to think, well, oh man, like, you know, this guy won't stay dead, right? We've proven that he won't stay dead. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, Exactly, Mariel, we don't know that he didn't do some Maya-ish trick and escape. In fact, that seems to be precisely what he did do, in fact, right? Discorp... What would be the word? Discorp... Discorporate, uh, di- you know, di- 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 ditch his body, right, and return as a spirit, but not in the same way as when he dies. It's all pretty complicated and kind of uncertain, right? Um, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, <laughs> Lalite says, Elendil wrote about it as he watched from the boats, I guess, so it's not exactly a first-person account, kind of like a helicopter traffic reporter, except with not so good a view of what's going on inside the city, right? Um, uh, but, um, anyway. Anyway, I don't know. Point is, I want to bring it back around to Isildur's fault. I have to think, hmm, hmm, 
de horrify uh, says Cecilia. Okay, I, that, that works, that works. Ah, Cecilia was also disagreeing with me about the idea of the movies being really good movies. I was actually just having a conversation about this the other day. Um, see, well, okay. Well, here's my one-sentence Peter Jackson analysis for his six films, right? The Lord of the Rings movies very often lose sight of the text and are not very good, uh, are, not, are just not very sensitive adaptations of the books themselves, but they are wonderful movies and excellent stories, if you don't know, the books especially. The Hobbit movies, that's a semicolon there, the Hobbit movies, by contrast, are quite sensitive to the text and are dealing with the text in very intricate detail, but they're terrible stories and absolutely horrible movies. Um, so there we go. There's my long compound complex sentence analysis of the Peter Jackson films. Um, but anyway, okay. Um, so yes, I think in context, Isildur's... All right. All right, hang on. I'm just convincing myself otherwise now. I was about to... Let me, let me finish saying my sentence before I disagree with myself. The sentence I was about to say was, I think Isildur's fault has to be not destroying the ring. Again, like in retrospect, that was clearly a fault. But... Hang on a second. Why does that make sense in the context of this sentence? Since it seemed fit that Isildur's heir should labor to repair Isildur's fault... I went with Gandalf on the long and hopeless search? How does going with Gandalf on the long and hopeless search have anything to do with Isildur's fault if, if, if Isildur's fault was not chucking the ring in the fire in the first place? Right? However, if we imagine that Isildur's fault was losing the ring in the first place, the heir of Isildur might well see fit to labor to help find it. Right? Now the ring is found. Right? So we're, it's not about finding the ring exactly. Um... I don't know. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. If you're tracking Gollum to learn more about the ring in an effort to destroy it, if it is what you think it is, that makes sense. Yes. Yes, I suppose it does. I suppose it does. Um Remember where they are in their knowledge now. This is right after Bilbo has departed, after the story that nobody wants to recount during the council happens, right? And Bilbo, you know, does his little performance as he's leaving Bag End, right? At the long-expected party. And now Aragorn has opened his mind, or sorry, Gandalf has opened his mind to Aragorn, right? And told him, okay, um, I have a really bad feeling about this ring. Saruman says it can't possibly be, be the Ring of Power, but I, 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 I think he might be wrong, and we need to confirm this, and I need your help, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Durambar, Durambar thinks it's a little unfair to consider the losing of the Ring uh, a fault by Isildur. You know, uh, he says, the dude that looted Sauron and then had the audacity to be killed in battle against overwhelming odds. What a wimp. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. You know, like it, it might seem a little harsh. Um, but I would say he didn't lose the shards of Narsil. Right? Uh, 
Shards of Narsil somehow escape, but the ring didn't escape, right? That could be a fault, potentially, right? Um, yes, yes. Um, so, the quest that Gandalf is setting out on is the quest to confirm, to find out for once and for all, is this the enemy's ring? So I guess in the sense of saying, um, in, in the sense of saying this is, um, um, This is a Ring of Power-related quest, right? We think the Ring of Power might have survived, and if it did, it's because of Isildur. Uh, but we don't know for sure if this ring is it, because Isildur lost it. I mean, Isildur is... All roads lead back to Isildur when it comes to this, right? Um, and so, therefore, the heir of Isildur really should kind of pick this back up again. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so... Uh, Uh, <laughs> Sam says, does Aragorn know that Isildur wanted to give it to the Keepers of the Three? <sighs> no, certainly not, because Tolkien didn't even know that at this point. Um, that's from Unfinished Tales, uh, and that passage was written significantly later than this, and I take, this is just my interpretation mind, I take that passage um, of Isildur and his final conversation with Alcatar, the 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 the, uh, st- the steward there, you know, his esquire. Um, he, uh, I take that conversation to be an attempt by Tolkien to answer exactly the question, Angrist, that you were just asking: Who would have the sword but not the ring? Why would someone? We're told that one person escapes from the field of battle and had and bore the shards of Narsil with him into the north. Um, why? How did that come to be? How is it that somebody had the shard, the shards of Narsil, but not the ring? And I think, in part, as I say, it's my personal opinion that that's one of the reasons that he's writing. Tolkien wrote the disaster of the Gladden Fields because he wanted to. There are other reasons as well. But I think that's one of the reasons, uh, because in that story, of course, Tolkien depicts Isildur as knowing they're going to die, right, and pushing the shards of Narsil on auction and enabling him to escape. Uh, the goal is to send him off with the heirlooms uh, because they don't want um, the heirlooms lost and they, they don't believe that any of them are going to survive. Um, but he doesn't send the ring, but he could send the ring. But he doesn't want to send them. But he chooses not to send the ring. But he intends to give up the ring. And Isildur's stated intention to hand over the ring of power to the wielders of the elven rings is only there mentioned. Nowhere in the course of the Lord of the Rings, main text or appendices, does it suggest that Isildur was thinking that. Um, And even in the Unfinished Tales version of the disaster of the Gladden Fields, I have to admit that I myself retain a certain degree of skepticism about the uh, skepticism about the the um, accuracy of that statement. Um, uh, is he just playing with giving it up? 
uh, and uh, you know because he's only at an early stage, right? That seems to me quite likely. I would say. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Mario. I agree. If uh, if it's Isildur's fault that the artifact's provenance was lost, it should be his heirs' uh, responsibility to do the archival research. Yeah, true. I suppose. True. Um, yeah. But yes, Angrist, yes, the only survivor was Isildur's Esquire. That is correct. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, WKU, I do myself quite suspect that um, Isildur's saying he's going to give up the ring um, might still be, the, the ring may still be manipulating him in some ways. Um, I, I have heard people say that in the disaster of the Gladden Fields, Tolkien is basically showing that Bilbo wasn't the only one to give up the ring. Um, to which I would respond, there's many a slip twixt cup and lip, right? I mean, it's one thing for him to say it. Uh, he's not done it yet, uh, nor come within... Uh, uh, within shooting range of actually doing it. So, you know, we'll see when uh, uh, when it actually comes to it. Uh, well, we didn't, of course, in the end. Get a chance to see. Um, but we would have seen, uh, in theory, uh, and I'm not sure what, in fact, we would have seen had it come to that. And it may well be that... Um, it may well be that Isildur's death, as I've always rather thought, was merciful, really, um, because it could have been much worse. And had it come to the point of thinking about giving up the ring, wanting to give up the ring, um, had that pushed it to a crisis, what might have happened to Isildur? Um, I don't, uh, I don't really know. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, um, Okay. We'll find out when we get to exploring unfinished tales. Maybe. 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 Okay. Um, let's see. Hey, I have an idea. Let's do the second paragraph. Then Gandalf told how they had explored the whole length of Wilderland, down even to the mountains of Shadow and the fences of Mordor. Now, Lilith, I think it was you who pointed out earlier, it's interesting uh, that the mountains of Shadow... And the fences of Mordor seem to be different things, right? Um, yes. There are two ways in which I would understand that. One possibility, of course, is that uh, he, they, he could mean the same thing, right? Um, uh, to the Mountains of Shadow, like that could be something almost like an appositive, right? Um, you know, Mountains of Shadow, a.k.a the fences of Mordor, right? Um, also, he could be throwing in the fences of Mordor uh, as an explanatory note uh, for the geographically ignorant, right? For those of you who might be unfamiliar with the map of the Southlands and don't know the name of the mountains that surround Mordor because you've never been there yourselves, 
Um, FYI, the Mountains of Shadow are the fences of Mordor. Um, that's possible, right? That that could also be what he uh, meant. It is possible that he is referring to... Well, I don't know that he'd be referring to the Black Gates themselves, Tony. Um, uh, fences, plural, there... Again, I don't... Gates are not fences. Um, the metaphor is wrong there. The mountains are like a fence, right? To, so to, to, to use fence as a metaphor or as a simile for the mountains of shadow, especially the mountains of shadow, like the mountains surrounding Mordor, right? Which look more like a fence than usual, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, right, right. Uh, so I would say it's most, he's most likely referring to the same thing. It's also possible that he is kind of referring to the fences of Mordor as more generally like the region around, like not just we went climbing up in the mountains, but like that whole area. It's also possible that they went round the other side, right? Um, I mean, Mordor is only surrounded by mountains on three sides, right? The other side is rather open, uh, and uh, they might have circled all around it, right? Uh, and, uh, and, you know, but not have really entered into it. But that seems to me less likely. I think he's, he's, the and does suggest he's talking, you know, it does open the possibility that he's talking about two separate things, but I, I, I don't really think that he is. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the marches at the border. Yes, Tony. Kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, yeah, Sam, I wonder. Sam says, are the fences a stand-in for all the security and watch? Uh, possibly. Possibly. Um, uh, so, like, near the mountains and, you know, where all, like, the guards are hanging out and all of those uh, servants of the enemy are watching. Um, possibly. Possibly. Um, anyway, okay. There we had rumor of him. On the fences of Mordor, near the fences of Mordor, and we guessed that he dwelt there long in the dark hills, but we never found him. Now, that is itself an interesting thing, and you know. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, Sikwayetska. Uh, uh, on the Twitch chat, I, I, I completely agree with you. I, too, believe that if Isildur had not died at the Gladden Field on the way home, had he returned back to Arnor with the Ring of Power, that he eventually would have fallen and wielded the ring as a new Dark Lord. Yes, I agree. I think that that would have been Isildur's destiny, almost certainly. And I rather suspect that his stated intention of handing the ring over might have had the effect rather of hastening than of avoiding that fate. My personal opinion. Don't, I can't prove it, but that is definitely my own thought there as well. Okay. Um, who were the rumors? Where do the rumors come from? Great questions. All right. I doubt... 
Well, it is conceivable that he is referring to actual rumors. It is possible that they are speaking to, you know, uh, folks in Athelion, right? Um, there are humans in Athelion who would have heard this, especially since, remember, this is a while back. This is before the new offensive in which the Witch King came out and fight, fought and Faramir and Boromir ended up swimming the river, right? Um, it's before that. Uh, so there were still people. Uh, I mean, there are still people in Athelion in the Two Towers, right, that Frodo and Sam meet. Um, so um, it's, I think, very possible that there were actual people whom they talked to. Um, it is also possible that they found just evidence, right? Uh, camps, <laughs> tracks, scat, that kind of thing, Lalith. Sure, very possible. Um, yes. Uh, and I think it's possible that Gandalf would would could characterize that as rumor, right? That we had rumor of him. No, it doesn't say we heard rumors, right? He says we had rumor of him. Uh, and we guess that he dwelt there long in the Dark Hills. Um, but, you know, yeah, Turambar, that's exactly the direction I was just thinking, too. I think you were joking. But I'm quite serious about it. Um, uh, if they had elves with them, they might have heard the trees and weeds complaining, says Turambar. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, and here's why I think that. The reason I think that is what he says at the end of that sentence. Or sorry, at the end of that clause, I guess I should say. Um, we guess that he dwelt there long in the Dark Hills. Because um, if he dwelt there long, there might have been something like a, uh, a feeling of his presence, right? I know this, that, that sounds very squishy, but there's a lot of that kind of squishiness in the Lord of the Rings, right? We know that any place that an evil creature dwells bears the stamp of it. That's quite clear. Whether it's the desolation of Smaug, or the slag pits in front of Mordor, or Isengard itself, right? Everywhere we see where somebody evil has set up shop for any significant amount of time, right? That has become perceptible. Right, Mirkwood, when the necromancer was there. Um, so, right, Gollum induces dread on the fish of the area, says Forthalus. Exactly. The fish would doubtless remember the legends. Um, yeah, but the life, yeah, I'm not at all sure that Gandalf and Aragorn are not capable of doing exactly what you say, walking into a grove and saying, yeah, it kind of feels like Gollum was here. It just feels like it. Not if he just passed through, right? But if he stayed there? If he dwelt there for years? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they could. Maybe they would have rumor of him in that way. They would find a place where they 
had reason to believe that Gollum had lingered, right? Notice he, he says they guessed it. They didn't conclude it. If they had found, you know, a cave that showed signs of having been lived in for years with, like, you know, piles and piles and piles of fish bones, uh, right, of varying ages scattered all over the place, um, he wouldn't say we guessed. You know, we guessed that he dwelt there for, you know, for like, he would, they'd say, yeah, we found his cave and, we, we, you know, it sure looked like he had, you know, lived there for years. Um, um, yeah. See, but Angrist, I'm not sure about that. Angrist says that puts Gollum on a power level akin to Smaug and Saruman, though. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. There's still a question, because I don't think it's a question of power. It's a question of discord, right? Um, it's a, there's the parallel that, that's the parallel that I've always understood. That is, things like the desolation of the dragon and things are, 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 like on the physical level, the um, um, the 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 desolation. The, sorry, the discord of Melkor. Right? Um, they are discordant notes in the harmony of the world. And when you are sufficiently discordant, you create discord around you. Like it happens. It happens with. I mean, this is how it works. Um, so that again, that's not a question exactly of power um, because that can differ in scale very greatly right I mean there are differences between the desolation of Smaug and Shelob's lair and um, you know the old and like the old forest uh, near Old Man Willow right um, or the Barrow Downs or you know I don't know probably Lobelia Sackville Baggins' sitting room isn't as bad as that yet, right? Um, uh, she doesn't actually curdle new milk. But you know, <laughs> maybe. Maybe she does or could in time. Um, but anyway, um, it's, it's a difference in magnitude. Um, but all there needs to be is enough for them to have some kind of feel for it. Right. Yes. Good. Fourth Thoughtless says, "Remember the scouring of the Shire. You don't necessarily need great power to create desolation. Just time." Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and I agree, Lincoln. Lobelia is gonna go out a hero. Right. So uh, she definitely makes it back uh, uh, from the uh, moral precipice, or you know, the moral slope down which she was hurtling. Right at the time we last saw her, um, but um, but anyway, so yes, I do definitely think that when I think of what that s- sentence, what that what that clause there um, points to, we had rumor of him, and we guessed that he dwelt there long in the dark hills. It's possible they actually heard something. It's possible that they saw some evidence, but this is not, I think, primarily sleuth work or trekking. I think that this is primarily sensing, right? Um, that they, I mean, how did they even end up down there, right? Um, they had explored the whole length of Wilderland down even to the mountains of shadow and the fences of Mordor. Makes it sound like they had gotten down to Mordor by process of, elimin- of elimination, 
right? We'd already searched like the whole rest of Rovanian for him, right? And then, you know, we ended up at Mordor, which was really the last place we wanted to look or whatever. Um, but, um, yes, yeah. Fort Dauntless, yes. Um, I, yeah, I do think that uh, Tolkien uses rumor in a nonverbal sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should definitely keep an eye on the use of the word rumor as we go. Um, yes, and good. Uh, Praise, thank you for pointing that out to me. I did miss that before. Brick, uh, uh, Bricktails' comment that uh, Frodo, in his song, is going to say that Gandalf uh, spoke with Bird on Bow and Beast in Den in their own secret tongues. Uh, so that also, of course, is a perfectly viable source of rumor. And I would say, again, not just uh, even rumor in the purely, like, sort of verbal sense, but even in the broader sense of there was... um, that might be one of the ways in which they gained the sense of, like, this... There are, there, are, there are evil memories here, whether they are articulate memories, right? Whether the birds could tell them stories about, you know, that creepy little guy who used to live here or not. Um, uh, you know, still, it's, it would... Um, they would remember it. The local fauna, especially the fish, as you've pointed out, uh, would remember it, right? They would remember it. Um, the land would remember Gollum living there. And that seems to me the kind of thing that would lead them to say, we had rumor, we guess that he dwelt there long. Um, Can I also say, I don't think that my imagination has lingered ever in my entire life, even momentarily, on that particular phrase. Gollum, I mean, dwelling there long in the Dark Hills long possibly decades that Gollum lived what like in Ithilien possibly maybe on the northern side you know in the Ash Mountains I don't know exactly where but that Gollum lived there lived there probably for decades exactly Tony he had 70-ish years exactly exactly this is wild Bilbo um I mean, that's how cold the trail is, right? Gollum came out not too long after Bilbo took the ring, right? Um, And it's after Bilbo's farewell party that they're doing their hunting, right? Um, So it's been at least 60 years. Call it, what, at least? We don't know how many years it was. I don't think we yet know how many years it was um, afterwards that he left the mountains, but it was not too long after. Um, so he's been hanging out there for a long time, right? Um, and again, I, I don't think my imagination has lingered on that phrase even once. But doesn't it um, doesn't it put a kind of an amazing um, a, a kind of amazing uh, uh, 
context into book four, right? When they're wandering in Athelion, remember how much Gollum dislikes the place? Um, how is it that Gollum knows all of these things uh, that, um, you know, all these paths and all of the ways, and he knows that land really well. He might have lived there for 40 years. He might have lived there longer than Frodo was has been alive yet, right? I mean, he, Gollum, could well know Ithilien better than, than, you know, Frodo knows the Shire, right? The area around Hobbiton. Um, and that's kind of amazing. Yeah, longer than Faramir. Um, he's been, he knows, he knows it better than any of the men of Gondor who are there, right? Um, yeah. So, it's, and then to be thinking as, uh, yeah, Bricktails was just asking and, um, Flamifer was pointing out, um, he's, has lots of opportunity to get to know Shelob, right? Does he get to know her earlier on, right? Does he... It's possible, of course, that upon escaping, right, from Baradur, he finds... Up, you know, follows a road up to you know the road up to the tower of uh, of Kirithungal, right, and finds his way from there and meets Shelob on the way for the first time, and is released by Shelob, right, to go off on his dark mischief uh, there in that way. Um, but um, that so that that is possible. It is possible, but it is also possible that he already knew that past perfectly well. That his time meeting Shelob predates his encounter with Sauron. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yes, Tony, not the hot girl version of Shelob. Yeah. No, not that one. Um, from the video game, for those of you who don't know it, uh, the video game that does not have my esteem. Uh, but there we are. Enough said about that. Um, uh, yeah, it was pretty predictable, Chris. That the depiction they wanted to include Shelob and depicted her as a uh, highly alluring female, whatever. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, well, Torinbar, I'm not sure that. Him saying that he worshipped her does necessarily imply a longer relationship. It's consistent with a longer relationship. Um, that itself is a description of his action, right? Like as he, uh, um, uh, as he would have um, uh, yeah, like what he did during that meeting. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> yes, yes, JJ. It is true. Shadows, a uh, shadow of Mordor, uh, the Shadows of Mordor franchise, the video game, 
d does not have my seal of approval at all, I'm afraid. Uh, I really don't respect those very much as adaptations, but... Um, but, uh, anyway. Um, okay. Um, so, yeah, Brandon, as you were saying before, it does mean that although he ends up being Trixie, Gollum is, in fact, an ideal guide. Like, there, there might literally... He might actually know that area better than anybody. Like, at all. <laughs> Possibly in Middle-earth. Right? Is there anyone who... I mean, some of the rangers of Athelion have probably spent long lives over there. There's probably a few people uh, who know it better than he, but, you know, not all that many folks. Um, yeah. Yeah, and um, oh, and sorry. By the way, Lalith, I think I think it was you. Um, uh, who said? Um, uh, where was it? The business about beasts and birds. Darn it! Keep scrolling back and looking for things and not finding them tonight. Um, uh about uh, the uh, Gandalf Gandalf's words about the evidence of of Gollum and Mirkwood right um, yeah yeah anyway um, which certainly does seem to confirm the whole like rumor of the land kind of reading of uh, uh, that uh, that I was suggesting for there, finding evidence. Oh, that was sorry. No, that was that was Corey Schwab. Excellent. No wonder I couldn't find it. I was looking for your yellow uh, symbol there, Lilith. There it is from Shadows of the Past. Gandalf's narration about Gollum and Mirkwood. The wood was full of the rumor of him. Uh, dreadful tales, even among beasts and birds. There you go. There you go. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you, Corey Schwab, for uh, pointing that out. Um, yes, exactly. Now. This would be less, like, immediate, right? Um, that is, it would be, like, would have been a legend from the, you know, several generations back among the beasts and the birds, presumably. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But we never found him, and at last I despaired. This, by the way, I take to be the uh, despair equivalent of Amdir, right? Uh, Gandalf is not falling victim to despair with a capital D, right? He is not abandoning his Estelle entirely, although ironically he is going to leave Aragorn behind here, but that's not the point. Um, he, is, uh, he is giving up, not in general, not on everything, uh, but on the hunt for Gollum, right? Um... And then in my despair, I thought again of a test that might make the finding of Gollum unneeded, right? And this comes, I'm sorry, somebody, and I forget who, uh, who it was, um, uh, was asking earlier on, why are they hunting for Gollum at all again? Like, why exactly does this make sense? Because they don't know where Gollum's ring came. Remember, Gandalf has been told, he has believed, he has had good reason to believe that the Ring of Power is definitely not in Middle-earth anymore. 
right? He has been given what has basically been presented to him as insider information on the fact that the Ring of Power is not in Middle-earth anymore. So whatever this ring was that Bilbo found, it can't be that. It can't be Sauron's ring, right? But then, you know, Bilbo had his party night performance and his you shall not take my precious away, I tell you, deal, right? And Gandalf is now saying, okay, I want to, I, I have to know. I have to know for sure where did Gollum get his ring? So they have no other, what, what else can they do? How could they possibly figure out the true identity of Bilbo's ring, right? The only one who would know is Gollum. They have to work. They have to. They have to pursue the only leads they have, right, to follow up the uh, the provenance of the ring. They've got to follow the chain of evidence. Exactly. Um, so, um, yeah. So he's gonna. So they're trying to find Gollum to try to get his story because they don't know anything. They. 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 they uh, keep in mind. Here's another thing. Where was Gollum? Where did Bilbo find the ring? In the Misty Mountains, right? Not far from Khazad-dum. So, in fact, we know there's like the treasure of the greatest kingdom of the dwarves, much of it anyway, uh, still lying there beneath the mountains, right? When, and when we're told the orcs stole it long ago, but that's exactly the point, right? You know, Gollum stealing from the orcs. So that he found a ring. Okay, no shock. That he found a magic ring. You know what? Still not shocked, right? This is the this is the the home of the greatest house, the ancient house of the dwarves. Who knows what those guys were up to? Right? They could totally have made invisible rings. Right? In fact, I mean, if we think about this from a mythological standpoint, uh, a ring, a magic ring made by dwarves sounds legit. Right? That's kind of what you would expect to find rings. Right? Um, so, anyway, yeah. It, it's, um, it's, who knows? Right? Um, yeah, I, I know it's like Gollum wasn't living in the halls of Old Moria. That's not what I'm saying. But my point is, there are all kinds of more immediate... Expl- I mean, if you had to make like a hierarchy of most likely explanations, right? Gollum had a magic ring. That is the only fact. That is the furthest fact back up the explanation chain that, Go- that Gandalf has. Gollum had a magic ring somehow. How did Gollum get, how did Gollum, this slimy little dark riddle-telling creature, uh, little riddle-telling cannibal creature who lives below the Misty Mountains, um, how did he get it, right? Well, you know, if we just brainstorm a list of possible answers to this question, that it was Sauron's ring of power is way that, going to be way the heck down that list, right? I mean... There's just there's just no question, right? Um, whereas there are many other much more likely explanations to hand, even if they are several miles away from Old Moria. Again, come on, seriously, that's easy, 
right? That, or maybe it's goblin treasure from a, a Gundabad away. Who knows, right? Maybe this is, um, I, yeah, yeah. Um, and Brandon, I agree. They don't know what kind of creature Gollum is yet. They have no reason to think he's like a thousand years old. Exactly. He could just be, he could be like some, I don't know, Badger Brock or somebody who likes to kidnap folks and keep them in his hole, right? Um, he could be, he could just be a small, rather inconsequential creature, right? Who does, who happened at some point to find a magic ring, like you do, right? So, um... Yeah, he could be some sort of rogue goblin. JJ, we do also have to remember that the only evidence about him at all is Bilbo's account, right? Bilbo is the only one who ever saw him, right? So who knows? I mean, let's face it, Bilbo is pretty ignorant. It's not like he's going to know the difference. Um, if he were just like some kind of, some subspecies of goblin or some kind of particularly strange looking goblin, how's Bilbo going to know, right? Um, not to mention, Sam, as you point out, he's also not proven himself to be the most reliable of narrators by any definition. So, absolutely. Um, I, yeah, and JJ, as you said, the lighting is really bad, right, for Bilbo and everything. So, yeah, there's what they know, what he knows for sure about who Go- Gollum is, what Gollum is, um, what, uh, where he came from how we got the ring, none of those things can can Gandalf have any confidence about. And therefore, the ring, Bilbo's ring, apart from Gandalf's own convictions, apart from, you know, what his heart is telling him, um, Gandalf knows nothing, nothing at all. And so the only lead they have is if we can find Gollum, we can maybe get the story out of him of where he came by the ring, and then we can follow that even colder lead, right, than Gollum. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But he thought again of a test that might make the finding of Gollum unneeded. The ring itself might tell if it were the one. If what we really need to do is just prove whether or not it's the ring of power, because everything else is just kind of curiosity, right? I mean, we don't actually absolutely have to know where Gollum's ring came from, so long as we know for sure it isn't Sauron's ring of power. That's what really matters here, right? Okay, fine. The memory of words of the council came back to me. Words of Saruman, half-heated at the time. I heard them now clearly in my heart. Um, I love the fact that Gandalf was only half paying attention to Saruman at the council. Um, I've always kind of wondered about that. Was he... What? Snoozing? Right? Gandalf nodding off? Right? Gandalf, um... Yeah, busy blowing smoke rings. He was waiting for lunch. (laughs) Exactly. Uh... Yeah, wondering when Saruman would stop going on and on about the Rings of Power and they would just serve uh, uh, serve lunch parties, passing notes to Galadriel, says Tarlonio. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, right, not not listening with his heart. Well, apparently, actually, I gotta disagree. 
De La Mancha, his heart seems to be the only part of him that was paying attention, right? His brain, less so. But his heart was listening, fortunately, because his heart apparently has an eidetic memory and could repeat them to him uh, later on. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Like, Matt, I'm not at all saying I've never been there, you know, uh, at a long committee meeting where the senior professor is droning on and on. Like, absolutely. Uh, that's an experience that I, I can relate to. Um, I just think it's a little bit funny under the circumstances. Uh, here's what I think it suggests. Um, so what I ask myself is, why would Gandalf only half heed the words of Saruman, right? If Saruman is explaining about the rings of power and how they worked, why can Gandalf not muster up the attention to focus on that, right? And I think the answer is that he doesn't care. I think that this actually might be fairly revelatory about Gandalf and Saruman. Brandon, rather like you're saying there, um, Gandalf probably thought of the rings as a curiosity at this point. They knew everything they needed to know, right? If Saruman says the ring has definitely left the building, right? It's definitely gone from Middle-earth. Okay. Right, well, we, we know where the three are. Pretty sure we know at this point what happened to the seven, right? Pretty sure we know what happened to the nine. So who cares ultimately about the rings of power, how they work, right? What they're like. I mean, he's wearing one of the three, right? Um, Saruman cares. Saruman has spent much study on this matter, right? He knows that they had each their proper gem. Why? Because uh, he's researched this, right? Um, <laughs> it's kind of like that, JJ. Uh, JJ says that Saruman is, um, uh, is the engineer going into fine detail on the workings of the project, which the rest of the company doesn't really care about so long as it works. Kind of, kind of. But again, I think it, it shows us where their focus is, right? I think that the, the little, little glimpse of insight that we can get here is on where their priorities are, right? What they are focused on. Gandalf, he cares about the rings of power in as much as it affects their like campaign to care for and help and protect the peoples of Middle Earth, right? Um, but he's not just curious about it, right? He doesn't really care. Um, Saruman cares. Saruman cares about uh, the rings. What are they like? How were they made? How do they work? Right? So he's going to have studied these things. What is the relationship between the gem and the ring, 
right? Is it part of... Is it important, right? Um, yeah. So um, I do think that they... I, I agree, Mudmore probably is one lecture among many. Um, but, um, yeah. So, Fort Thoughtless is asking a, an excellent question. Um, we've been talking about Gandalf's trust of Saruman. Is it possible that Gandalf was subconsciously suspicious that Saruman's information might be unreliable? Hmm. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he's being polite in half-listening. But yeah, which decade are you asking Tolkien exactly? Um, if we're asking Tolkien in the in the 40s, no, I don't think he is. Um, I don't think he is. Um, I think that he is that again. Gandalf, Gandalf is not concerned um, about the rings of power themselves, how they work how they operate, right? Um, Saruman is more fixated on this. And he's kind of, I don't know what. You know, maybe this is not Saruman just, you know, mansplaining to the White Council about the Rings of Power. Maybe this is part of that long debate that Galdor referred to. Maybe we're getting another kind of glimpse of it, right? They used to get together to talk about the Rings of Power all the time, right? I mean, this is, this is, uh, you know, and so Saruman, one of the reasons, who knows, could it have been part of Saruman's campaign for chair, right? Um, one of the reasons he was appointed head of the council is because he's the expert, um, you know, in the Rings of Power, which everybody else is really interested in, except Gandalf, right? Gandalf isn't. And this, I suspect, is why he's given one, in fact. I think it's a nolo episcopari thing. Um, that is the Latin phrase, which is what you're supposed to say when you're appointed to be a bishop in the Roman Catholic Church. Um, it means, I don't want to be a bishop, um, so yeah, if 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 somebody says, "Hey, you want to be a bishop?" you say, "No, I don't. I don't. I don't want to be the bishop." And that's how they know that you're the right person to be the bishop. If you are seeking the position of power that comes with being a bishop, then you're obviously not a good person to be a bishop. Um, Tolkien uses that phrase in one of his letters uh, when he's saying that he still thinks that Nolo Episcopari is one of the. Um, the primary, uh, like one of the best ways to like determine leadership, right? Um, it's one of the things I think is so deeply flawed about the American system, uh, and one of the reasons why I don't think I've supported a candidate for president in my entire adult life, uh, because the only problem with the people who are running for president is they all want to be president, right? Which pretty much makes them pretty bad candidates, as far as I can see. Uh, I quite agree with uh, uh, Tolkien on that point. Um, but uh, uh, anyway, uh, point is, Gandalf, that's Gandalf's attitude, right? He, he doesn't want the rings of power. He is not interested in that sense in the rings uh, of power. Um, but, um, but 
Saruman is, right? Saruman is seeking, is interested in that power, is seeking that power. Um, several people are asking, and um, yeah. So Cosmic 93 says it makes it hard to see how Galadriel gets one, though, because doesn't she uh, want one as well, right? Um, yeah, she does, but I, you know, I'm not, I don't think they were all given out on this basis, right? Um, but I think that I would say this is quite likely why Kyrdan turns out to have been a really good ring bearer, Kyrdan, the shipwright, right? Uh, because he just does nothing with the ring except give it up, right? And give it up to an excellent candidate. Does a great job of screening candidates, right, uh, for that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as Brandon says, Celebrimbor's criteria for giving the rings of power out were quite different from Kyrdin's criteria. Exactly, exactly. It's a Kyrdin story. It, it is, it is. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then you get, you know, possibility of Celebrimbor kind of crushing on Galadriel like his grandpa. It was complicated. Um, but um, anyhow, yeah, m- maybe he ended up getting a lock of hair out of the out of the deal for Thalas. Quite possible. Anyway, um, but, but I'm definitely wandering now. Um, last question and then we'll end. And I think this is a simple question because I don't know the answer to it. Cecilia was just asking it. Uh, at least one of you guys um, were uh, asking um, uh, the same question. What do we know about what Saruman knows about the Three Rings? Um, does he know who has the Elvish Rings? Um No. Yeah, okay. I don't think it's a secret among the wise that Elrond and Galadriel have them. Again, I've called the fact that Galadriel has the has a ring of power the worst-kept secret in Middle-earth. I mean, talk about your open secrets, right? I mean, seriously. Um, who is surprised by that? And Elrond is a pretty close second uh, in... Um, uh, in in as far as like least surprising candidates to be holding one of the rings of power, um, but yes, I, I I think that he can't know that Gandalf has it. Um, I think that he must know that Elrond and Galadriel have it, and I would not be <laughs> sorry. All right, somebody on Twitter was saying, "Hey, it could be Celeborn who has it." That's that's really funny. I like that a lot. Um, but, um, yeah. So, um, he, Saruman's gotta know that Elrond and Galadriel have it. Would they have let him study it? Knowing, you know, that he goes in for that kind of thing? Knowing that he has made long study of the Rings of Power? Would any of them let him look at it, study it, 
they might do. They might do. I don't, um, uh, I don't know that they wouldn't. Uh, but clearly Gandalf is going to be, um, concealing the fact that, uh, that Gandalf has has the ring. Now I agree, um, he's got to have suspicions, Molly Bayberry. That is certainly true, um, and I suspect that that might be part of the animosity and rivalry that he clearly feels towards Gandalf. Um, but he he doesn't he doesn't know. He clearly cannot know that Gandalf has a ring. Um, they all would. Uh, I was. I assume he might still believe that Kierden has it. I mean, Kierden didn't, you know, like include in his monthly newsletter that he gave away the Ring of Power. Um, you know, he hasn't posted up signs for it or anything saying he'd lost it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, now, you're right that... You're right, Forthanus, that Elrond is going to say it's not permitted to speak of them. Not here, in this, in the, in this room. They're not going to speak of them at the council, right? But that doesn't mean that the wise don't know. That doesn't mean that the White Council doesn't know. Um, the population of the White Council seems to get smaller and smaller as the years go by. In The Hobbit, it seems like, a, like the annual convention of the wizards, right? Um... But um, uh, but later on, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Amy, as far as why Saruman would know that uh, Goadru and Elrond would have the Elven Rings of Power, I would just say, like, um, I, like because he's one of the wise, like, by process of elimination, essentially. Um, uh, and he has made study of the ring. He would know. He knows as much as anybody about the Rings of Power. Right, he would be, and and Galadriel and Elrond have been using them, right? That's why Rivendell and Lothlorien are like they are. He would recognize that, right? So, um, I, I don't think it would be a secret from Saruman, from one of the wise, from one of the wizards, uh, from the head of the White Council, of whom Elrond and Galadriel are themselves members, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's possible that they don't speak of it openly. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, but I, I, to me, it's just a question of, like, I can't... We don't have any direct information about this from this from the Lord of the Rings itself. But I just cannot imagine that Saruman doesn't know. Um, I can't imagine it. I just can't. I've tried to imagine it. I have failed to imagine it. I mean, seriously, 
this is the guy who the study of who, like the primary study of his life has been the nature of the rings of power. And so like Galadriel and Elrond will have been stonewalling him for millennia, right? Be like, no man, we're not telling you. So he's like, come on. You, look, the three hours rings are still out there. Elrond and Galadriel, you totally have two of them, right? I mean, come on. Like any idiot can tell that. Uh, you don't even have to know 1% of what I know about the rings of power to know that you guys obviously have them and you're obviously using them. And they're like, Brink, don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, mm-mm, not us. Yep, no idea. Um, I, I mean, like, seriously, I can't imagine those kinds of denials happening. Um, it's, uh, it seems silly, right? Um, very silly. Not to, to, and, and why would they be motivated to keep it from him? From him, right? The wizard who's like looking into the rings, right? This is, which is a sensible thing to do. Keep in mind, I don't think it's sketchy. Not necessarily sketchy. There are lots of reasons why Saruman's study of the rings is not necessarily a morally questionable thing from day one, right? It is, um, uh, first of all, his job is to, like, he came to Middle-earth in order to be the opponent of Sauron, right? And to help the free peoples against Sauron. And clearly, the Ring of Power, as they knew from the Second Age, is one of the chief threats of Sauron's reign, right? So the Rings of Power are a big deal and an important question in the now Sauron, apparent Sauron vacuum of the Third Age. Um, uh, But, you know, he's going to come... So we know he's going to come back. The Astari in particular know he's going to come back eventually by the time they get there, because that's why they were sent, right? In order to prepare against Sauron's coming back. So, okay. Um, uh, they, uh, so they know they're fighting against Sauron. Um, and therefore the Rings of Power, Pro and Khan, are going to be an issue. So, totally fitting. One, somebody's got to look into this, uh, and he's one of the wizards. This is his job, so he should do this. Plus, uh, if you take into account the idea of his being affiliated, and it, this was, um, uh, I think, Evil Dr. Cannon was talking about this before, that um, uh, if you take into account the fact that he is one of the Maiar of Aule, it makes perfect sense. Right, like this is this is right up his street. So of course he's interested in this. Why wouldn't he be? Right? Um, why, he's like following his own nature and his own interest, and therefore is also a fit person uh, to oversee the Rings of Power research project to figure out the implications, both positive and negative, for the struggle with Sauron in the Third Age. Absolutely, there's no reason not to do that. There's no reason that that's fishy. Um, there are certainly way more reasons to do it than simply I am lusting for power and striving to make myself into a new Dark Lord. That's one possible outcome, I suppose, but there's no reason necessarily to believe that. So, again, he... Um, uh, he, And in fact, the very fact that he's the guy who knows all about the Rings of Power supports the idea of him being named head of the council in the first place. Right, that it may well be that that's that's like his primary, um, um, that's his primary 
you know, uh, like campaign strategy, you know, um, what he has going for him. Hey, how about the guy who's done all the studying about the rings of power? The guy who knows all about the rings of power? He would probably be really handy, right? Gandalf does good fireworks, and he also, um, he does good fireworks, and he does, uh, he's friendly with hobbits, and he can blow smoke rings, exactly. Um, that's not really saying to me, Captain General of the Forces of Good against Sauron, right? But uh, excellent eyebrows, Sam. Now that's getting closer to the mark. But we don't really know. It's possible that Saruman had really good eyebrows too. So, you know, we'd have to we'd have to see. Um, but um, anyway, so under these circumstances, you've got a guy whom you promoted to be head of the council because of his expertise on the Rings of Power, and you're not going to share. You're going to withhold from him you know, the opportunity to even know about the rings of power. It just, it, it doesn't make sense if they trusted him and they said they did, right? They said they did even Goadriel. If Goadriel had thought that he was going bad, she wouldn't have gone along with it. Right. And if so, shame on her. I don't think she did. I give her more credit than thinking. I, 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 I you know, some people kind of blow up that one comment that she made where she says that she, you know, she was in, she was on Team Gandalf when it was time to, you know, elect the head of the White Council. Um, okay, sure, fine. But that doesn't mean that she always knew Sar- Saruman was no good from day one, right? If she did and she didn't say anything, then shame on her. That would be horrible of her to do. So I don't, I mean, it would make her almost a traitor herself, so I prefer to give her the benefit of the doubt and believe that she was bamboozled as well. Um, but um, uh, anyway, so um, so does so again. This is why again I just can't I just can't imagine that Saruman doesn't know about the Three Rings. But I think it's perfectly clear he does not know that Gandalf has one. Um, I think that things would have gone a little bit differently if he had. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, see, Lilith, I would have to think that Saruman inquired about the location of the third ring. And if so, what did they say? They could say that it was given to Kyrdin and that it's... But, you know... It, it's to me, it's different. I can imagine them saying, "Kirden had it, and whether or not he has it still is unknown. It is possible that he has bestowed it on you know, like it is you know, um, where the third ring is is hidden. But them admitting that they have the rings, and even potentially telling him about at least giving him interviews, even if they don't let him physically have it to study it." But at least they're going to sit down with him and answer his questions, right? Surely they're not going to thwart his research into ring lore. Um, so, um, um, yeah, yeah. So I think that um, 
I could imagine them drawing a line there and pulling the elvish mysteriousness business just to say, like, it is best that it remain hidden. And Saruman having to be like, ah, mm, yes, I see the wisdom of that. Uh, and knowing that if he pushes, that it is going to start looking suspicious. Um, but why would they? Yeah, my life is asking that too. I don't know. Why would they? My answer to that, keep in mind, I have now crossed the line and am making things up. Okay? I just want to make that clear. This is me making things up. Because we don't know any of these things. Um, what I would say is this was Kierden's initiative. The secrecy is Kierden's initiative. Right? Um, that I would say the minimum thing that happened is that if they had at some point a conversation with Kierden that went along the lines of, dude, what did you do with the ring we gave you? And he was like, I uh, gave it away to some schmo on the docks. Right? Um, if they had that conversation with Kierden, I'm thinking that uh, Kierden says, maybe Kierden, you know, you know, Kieran would tell them because they would they would know, um, but uh, um, that he Kieran tells them that it's important that it not be known to anyone. Tell no one, not even Saruman, who has the third ring, and they're like, "Why?" And he's like, "Because." in an elvish, mysterious reason. And they're like, ah, right. And so they don't. Um, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know Gilgalad gave it to him, Bricktails, but um, anyway. Yeah, sorry. I was joking. But you see what I mean, right? Still, they know he has it, right? Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's possible, just possible, um, Fourth Dauntless, that Saruman could have been doing his ring interviews, right? And this is for posterity, so be honest. Um, when Kyrdan still had the ring, so he assumes Kyrdan still has it. I'm not sure that that is possible. I'm not sure that that is... Well, okay, I mean, it becomes possible after the fact because... Um, uh, because uh, Tolkien decides that Gandalf arrived later than everybody else. Right. But that was a late decision by Tolkien. Um, I don't see any evidence that that was true during the writing of The Lord of the Rings. That's a... One of the things that comes about when he is further developing Gandalf's own backstory, essentially, which he does after the fact. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, it would be kind of cunning, right? He arrives and, you know, so, you know, here Saruman springs off the boat, notepad in hand, right? Uh, ready to go, right? Because he's got his plan all the way on the boat ride over from Valinor. He's like, okay, for step one, I'm going to find out about the rings of power uh and so the very first thing i need to do obviously is interview the ring holders and so he pops off and he's standing there on the key and he's like so kirden you've got a ring don't you excellent can we have a talk i'm gonna take some notes right so he talks to kirden and then it could be even like later that afternoon kirden gives it up to gandalf and then he saruman never knows right and kirden never shows to the meetings anyway so who who even knows um but um yeah yeah, so that's possible. That's possible. We could imagine that too. Um, but I, uh, um, I think that he, my version of the story would have cured an enjoining secrecy on them, that he would uh, reveal that it had been, um, uh, that it was, you know, that he had some foresight that it must remain secret, um, even from Saruman. Without necessarily throwing suspicion on Saruman himself, it doesn't have, the, the conversation doesn't have to be, well, that's Saruman, right? We don't really trust that bloke, we all know. So, okay, you know, it's, uh, it's a given we're not going to tell him. Yeah, okay. Um, that's exactly it, Brandon. The idea of hiding who has Kirtan's ring from Saruman was Kirtan's plan, and even though they don't know why, they respect that. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, good. All right, so I'm going to end now uh, because it's late. I started extra late today, uh, and, I'm, and as I said at the beginning, I'm not going to do the field trip tonight because I should uh, probably sleep sooner rather than later. I, I've not been feeling very well today. Uh, so, but, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to do the field trip tonight. We'll be back for field trip next week. And of course, more discussion of the text as we will get to see is so we didn't actually get to the archival research today, but we'll get to the archival research. The idea that Gandalf had in his despair of a test that might make the finding of Gollum needed. Uh, we shall look at that next time. So thanks everybody. Uh, and I will see you guys next week. Bye now. Thanks for joining me on this epic exploration of The Lord of the Rings and of Standing Stone's video adaptation of Tolkien's story. If you are having even half the fun I'm having on this journey, I hope you will consider supporting the project by donating at signumuniversity.org fund.